Now it's on. Thanks, Mark. Uh, welcome to folk, to folk on Zoom. There are a number of folk that can't be with us. They're on Zoom today, so we're glad that you can participate in this service. So we're picking up on the theme that we started uh, a few years ago, seeing what Jesus sees as we work through the Gospel of John. So we're coming back to that again today and uh, continuing on from John chapter 16. So if you get your Bibles there, open to John chapter 16. If you haven't, don't worry, the main verses will be up on the screen. The context of this passage is the context that the last few chapters have been in, that is the week before the crucifixion. And in this particular chapter of John's records, it's the day before, the night before uh, Jesus was captured and crucified. He'd spent some time with his disciples in having the Passover meal where he instituted the Lord's Supper, or he has the Lord's Supper. And uh, it's a reminder that the time is coming close in the history of things in this passage where Jesus would face the cross and would go through everything that David reminded us about this morning. John chapter 14 and verse 31 uh, says this. Actually, what I'm looking at today is is the fact that God cares for us. He cares for us and he he shows that in the way he cared for the disciples in these last hours that he was with them. And what he said to them is relevant for us today. So let's keep that in mind as we go through. How does God care for us today? In whatever time in life, in whatever uh, situation we face in life, how does God care for us? So John chapter 14, and I've missed the verse, hasn't it? I'll just read it out. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 31, but the world must learn that I love the Father and I do exactly what my Father has commanded me to do. And with that he said, come let us leave. So they were leaving the upper room, heading towards the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew 26 and verse 30 says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So they are on their way, as it were, to the place where Jesus would be captured. Some Bible scholars estimate that it's about a mile or so, a couple of kilometres almost, from the upper room to the garden. And Jesus was drawing his disciples even closer, trying to give them last minute, not a pep talk, but a preparation talk for what was going to come. And if only they remembered a little bit of it, it would see them through the difficult times. And you remember that we often look at some of the things that Jesus says as repetition, but they weren't, they were reinforcement. They were reinforcing things so that, so that the disciples would learn and listen and be able to apply that to their lives. So the passage we're looking at is John chapter 16 and I'm going to start reading at verse 22 and this is what it says in this passage. Jesus is speaking. He says, So with you, now is your time of grief. Because can you imagine they really didn't understand what he was saying in the fact that he was going to leave them and they didn't want that to happen. So he says, Now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. So with the sadness that they were facing, with the possibilities that were coming, they were going to be grieving. But he was promising them some joy. Verse 23, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Verse 24, Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive 
and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I'll no longer use this kind of language but will tell you plainly about my father. Many people believe that he was talking about the parables in that stage and he was going to tell them the easy uh, story, the easy message that would happen. Verse 26, In that day you'll ask in my name, I'm not saying that I'll ask the Father on your behalf, no, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world, now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. What did Jesus say in those verses that shows us that he really cared for the disciples and he cares for us as well. I think there are four elements or four truths in this passage to remind us that God does care for us. You know, there are times in life when we might think that God doesn't care for us. Anybody been through one of those times where you've doubted God's care? Uh, Some of us have had some really difficult times where where we think that God's given up on us and I'm going to die. I'm not going to ask you if you thought that, but when I was thinking about this passage and this sermon, I was think, thought, oh, there's probably five, maybe ten times in my life when I thought, this is it, this is the end. Uh, God doesn't care about me anymore. Let me tell you one of those stories. After high school, I was involved with Scripture Union in their high school camping program. And one of the camps that I was committed to as a leader was surf camp. It was at Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. We had 150 to 200 grade 10 to 12 co-eds at that camp. So it was a big camp, lots of leaders as well. And one of the challenges of the, of the camp was every morning before breakfast, the, uh, the macho campers, both male and female, would challenge the leaders And the challenge was a run down the hill to the beach, along the beach, back along the beach, two two body surfs on the waves and run back up to the um, campsite. I was a lot fitter in those days and uh, I used to do it. The interesting thing was on the first morning of the camp you might have 50 campers that are off to that challenge and by the end of the five days you might have two plus the leaders. One of those days we were down there, we did the run, came back to the beach and, and I don't know if it was the adrenaline pumping or what it was but this other leader and I just jumped in the surf ready for our body surfing. We didn't realise how treacherous the surf had become and I soon got caught in a rip and for me personally I'm fairly confident in the surf, I'm not a good swimmer but I, I, don't, I don't fear the surf, that day I did and um, after 15 to 20 minutes of being in that rip and trying to get in I thought that was the end. I can't remember what I prayed but I know that people were praying for me on that camp. They were praying for the camp as a whole, they were praying for the leaders, they were praying for young people that they would come to faith in Jesus. And I think God answered their prayers that day. Even though I thought I'd had it, a current swept me along the beach for two and a half kilometres to the point where I was 20 metres from the sand. I was able to swim out fairly exhaustedly, got back to the campsite. There's a few other times. Now, I haven't always done wild things as a person, but there are times in my life where I've thought, gee, that could have gone really bad. I might not be here if God hadn't been with me on that occasion. Maybe those sort of things have happened to you as well. But the scripture reminds us that God is taking care of us, even through some of the tough times in life. So this morning I want to focus on four 
truths that are in this passage that reminds us that God cares for us. First of all, he will give us understanding. And in this verse 15, uh, John 15, Jesus said, All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. That's a promise that Jesus gave to his disciples. So now he comes to that point where he says, you remember I said that? Well, I want to reinforce it again in verse 23. uh, Sorry, again he says it in John chapter 16, verse 19. So the early verse and then 16. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about what he'd been saying. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said I'm in a little while you will see me no more and after a little while you will see me? So they had questions and I'm sure all of us have questions about life. Maybe the biggest question we ask is, why Lord is this happening to me? Or why am I going through this? Uh, maybe that was the sort of question they were asking Jesus as well. But certainly in, in John chapter 13 and verse uh, 33 to 38, um, there was this question that the disciples were troubled about. It was the night before the cross, remember. And he says to them, my children, I'll be with you only a little longer. You'll look for me and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. Now, I'm not sure that they would have satisfied their question, but he goes on to say, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow but now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? <coughs> Excuse me. I'll lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life? I'll tell you the truth. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. So Jesus knew that they had questions that they were asking him. He wanted to give them the answers, but he wanted to make sure that they were clear answers. Thomas had similar doubts, didn't he? Do you remember what what Thomas's doubts were? John chapter 14, verses 1 to 6, Jesus said this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. Aren't these encouraging words? In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? What was Jesus' answer? Why don't you read it with me? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus gave answers. He was preparing them for what was to come. I wonder, does that mean he cared about them? Sure it does. Does he care about us? Yes, he does. What is important is that his answers come at the perfect time, just when we need them. We don't always understand what's going, but he'll give his answers at the perfect time. Jesus said in verse 23, in that day you will no longer ask anything. You'll no longer have questions because you'll have the answers, is what he was saying. You'll no longer ask the questions. You'll have the answers. And there is a time when, in our struggles, we're not always paying attention to what God's saying to us. 
There's a time when we're doing it tough that we try and work things out ourselves rather than trusting God in those situations. And yet he was saying to his disciples, even though you're going through a time of grief, even though it might be a tough time for you, you'll have the answers. You'll have the answers to the questions that you're asking. God will answer the questions in his perfect time. In verse 25 in that same passage, he'll answer our questions with the plain truth. No, no flowery answers, just the plain truth. The time is coming, verse 25 says, though I've been speaking figuratively or in parables or in proverbs is another way of saying that, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language but will tell you plainly about my Father. So Jesus was saying that, that God answers our questions in a timely manner but he also answers the questions with the plain truth. Back in verse 12, Jesus said this, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. So, you ever had those occasions where a, a person asks you a question or a child asks you a question and you've got to sort of decide how much information you're going to give them and answer that question because one, it might be confusing if you give them all the answer to the question or one, uh, it might be scary or it might be frightening. So you give them enough that it's the truth without all the rest. And this is what Jesus is saying. He said, I've got more than you can now bear. Now he's saying to the disciples, the Father will tell you everything in plain truth. And verse 13 goes on, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. And ever since Pentecost, ever since God poured out his spirit on the church, Christ is revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. Not in parables or proverbs, but in direct speech, if you like, in plain, open truth as we read the word of God. I think we'll always have questions, certainly about the mysteries of life. We'll have questions. We'll still have questions about the hard things in life, but God will answer our questions. Do you remember what Paul said? He said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12. He said, Now we see as in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And the story there is that the mirrors they had in Paul's day weren't the shiny, clear mirrors mirrors like we had today. They They were polished metal and not polished real well, so you could see a dim picture of yourself. And What Paul was saying was echoing what Jesus was saying that we will know the truth, God will show us the truth. The Apostle John also wrote this in his letter, his his later letters in 1 John chapter 1 verse 3 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. God will answer all our questions in the right time, at the right time, in the right way. He will give us ultimate understanding. That's how much God cares for us. So if we've got questions, it's okay to ask questions of God. Then look for the answers that he gives you. So does God care for us? Yes, he does. He cares for us by meeting us 
in that place where we're struggling and, and to give us understanding. He cares for us also when he hears our cries for help. I wonder, when was the last time you asked God for help? So often we rely on our own understanding, so often we, we rely on our own education, we, we rely on our own experience that when difficult times come or, or when we need to know an answer, we forget to ask God first. This is what Jesus is reminding his disciples here in verses 23 and 24. It says, In that day you will no longer ask me anything, I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. When do you ask for things? When you need them? Or when you don't know the answer to something? That's what Jesus is saying. You'll have lots of questions about what's going on and we know that after the crucifixion most of the disciples gave up on Jesus. Most of them had so many unanswered questions that they wandered off and went back fishing instead. But Jesus is saying, you will know the truth. They just didn't believe it yet. I wonder, this word for asking is a different word. Uh, There's two words used for ask here. The word in uh, in verse 23 is that ask, meaning getting information, getting some information about my situation. This second word that's used for asking in verse 24 is more of a craving after something, a desiring for something, even begging for something. So, so there's two different words used here. Until now you have not craved for anything in my name. You've not begged for anything in my name. But when you do, you will receive, is what this promise is. So I wonder if we, we just ask for information but we're not really craving to know what God's plan is, what God's answer is. In that day you'll ask me for anything. You'll not ask me for anything, verse 23 says. I tell you the truth, the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. It's one of God's promises, isn't it? Do we ask or do we think, oh, this is too small an issue to ask God about? But Jesus says, ask in his name. God will give you an answer. Does God answer prayer? Does God answer prayer? He does. Can I tell you one pastor's story about answers to prayer? And this pastor related a story about he and his wife when they were first married. Uh, They lived in a tiny apartment, in in an apartment building. And this lady called Miss Katie, a uh, single uh, older lady, lived in the apartment below them. One year in, in, in the month of October, this pastor goes on to say that I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Saviour. We really didn't know Miss Katie downstairs at that time but later on we'd learned that she'd been praying for us. So here's this lady, Miss Katie, praying for her neighbours that she didn't really know very well on the next level, on the next floor. She'd been praying for them. I'm sure she'd been praying for other people as well. Then one day we heard how Miss Katie had been unwell. She'd been living below us and we heard from her after getting to know her, that God had healed her from uh, bowel cancer. Uh, She was at the stage where everybody had given up hope, where everybody, the doctors, the nursing staff, were just looking after her to the end. But as God's people prayed, God did something miraculously in her life and she was totally cancer-free. That's amazing. This pastor goes on to say, 
would I have been saved if Katie hadn't been praying for me? Would I have been saved, come to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour, if God hadn't answered other people's prayers about keeping Katie alive to pray for me? God answers prayer. We don't always understand the difficulties that we go through. We don't always understand what God's doing, but he does answer our cries for help. He answered her prayers. He answered other, prayers, other people's prayers for her and ultimately he brought this pastor and his wife to faith in Jesus. God answers prayer. He hears our cries and he promises to answer. When was the last time you cried out to God for help? Be sure that God hears your prayers and he does answer. He promises as well in those same verses to give us abundant joy. What does that mean? What's that word abundant mean or, or overflowing joy or complete joy? It's sort of like the, uh, the, the bubbling fountain that flows up and flows over. That's the sort of joy that we're talking about. It's that deep-seated joy that, that, that will see us through the most difficult of situations. God gives us that joy. Your joy will be complete, verse 40, uh, 24 says. He promises to answer and he will give us joy. I'm just jumping ahead there. I wonder, we sing that, sometime, that song sometimes in church here, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That was actually a, a verse in Nehemiah that uh, God gave to Nehemiah to share with the people. He wants us to have his joy. He wants us to know the, that he answers prayer. He wants us to know that thirsty souls will ultimately become overflowing with joy. A joy that sees us through those difficult times. How do we communicate that with people? How do we we tell people what it's like? Because people who are not people of faith really won't understand it. How do we communicate that to our children? That, That yes, life is tough. We will face tough times, but God will see us through. So one Sunday school teacher had an idea about encouraging children to read their Bible and to pray and to understand more, but he found that the kids gave up after a while. So his, his strategy was to give every child in his Sunday school class a little plant to take home. And uh, they could keep that plant, they could look after it, but there was a condition in looking after that plant. Before they watered it each day, just a little bit, they had to make sure that they read their Bible and prayed. Guess what happened? Some kids didn't read their Bible and pray. And so after a few days, guess what happened to the plant? It started to wither. And they thought, oh, the the Sunday school teachers told us that we should water it every day, but before we do, we should pray. So they started to pray and read their Bibles every day. The plant survived. It was an interesting strategy to give the kids something practical, physical to look at, to remind them that if they don't pray, they don't read their Bible, they might spiritually wither like that plant. What an interesting strategy. wonder what we do to share with our families, our grandchildren, our friends, that God wants us to know his joy and it comes out of a relationship with God. It comes out of a, a relationship where we talk to God daily, where we listen for his directions, knowing that when we cry out for help, he will meet us there. We know that God cares for us, not only because he will give us understanding, not only because he... He answers our cries for help, but also 
because he makes us friends with Jesus. Oh, sorry, Jesus makes us friends with his Father. So he cares for us. He wants to have us as a part of his family. In verse 24, again it says, in that day you'll no longer ask me anything. 23, rather. In in that day you'll no longer ask me for anything. I'll tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. He wants us to know the same thing. Until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you'll receive and your joy will be complete. Though I've been speaking figuratively, figuratively, a time is coming when I'll no longer use this kind of language but will tell you plainly about my Father. Verse 26 and 27 goes on to say this, In that day you'll ask in my name. I'm not saying that I'll ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. We become a part of God's family when we, and we know that God cares for us when we are a part of his family. I wonder, do you know that you're a part of God's family today? Dave reminded us that through faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross and his, through his resurrection, we can become children of God through faith in him. He wants us to know that we can be friends with him. Not just as Saviour and Lord, but Jesus invites us to be his friends. There's a, there's a verse in that verse there, verse 27 I think it says, Now the Father himself loves you. Now all the way through this passage, the word for love has been agape. It's been that um, self-giving, self-sacrificial love. And we know that's what, exactly what Jesus did. But in this verse, in the Greek, the word for love has changed. The Father himself loves you is actually filio, which means brotherly love. Uh, you've heard of the town in the, in the United States, Philadelphia. It means the, the, the city of brotherly love. Well, this word filio says that God, that the Father himself wants to be your friend, not just heavenly God, not just our Saviour and Lord Jesus Christ, but he wants to be your friend. I wonder if we are friends with God. I wonder if we choose to be God's friends by being obedient to what he says. We can know he cares about us because he wants us to be his friends, not just his followers. And then the fourth thing this morning is that we know that Jesus came to die on the cross for us. Verse 28 says this, I came from the Father and have entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. So Jesus came because that was God's plan for us. I came across this... um, outline to another sermon, just on that one verse. You're not going to get it today. But uh, there's four points in that verse that remind us the whole story of Christ. And uh, very briefly they are, I came from the Father. Jesus came into the world. Why? He came into the world to go to the cross. He came into the world to, he is leaving the world by the way of the cross. How do we work that out? Verse 28 says, Jesus said, I come, came from the Father. How do we celebrate that at Christmas? We celebrate that that Jesus came from the Father to show us what the Father was like. Jesus said, I entered the world. The world was the Lord's mission. The mission was to tell us and show us what God was like. Then Jesus said, now I am leaving the world and 
Remember, he's preparing his disciples, preparing them for the crucifixion, what was to come. He was going to lead by the way of the cross. And finally, he said in that verse, I'm going back to the Father. His resurrection, returning to his heavenly home. Can you see that four-point message in that, that verse alone? Jesus did return to his heavenly home. It's our heavenly home too for those that are followers of him, put their faith in him for those who uh, realise that they know God as as a friend, for those who trust Christ as Saviour. God does care for us all. Jesus was showing his care for the disciples there as he prepared them for that in those last hours that he was with them before the crucifixion. And those same principles are true for us today. He cares for us too in those same ways. Will you cry out to God? when you have needs. Will you realise that he's, he's not just a heavenly father but he's a heavenly friend who wants to answer prayer? Will you go to him in those times when you don't know the answer to questions that you have? God does care for us in all those ways. Folks, if there's anybody struggling here this morning and, and you felt that God is distant or that you've distanced yourself from God and you want to draw close to him, I want to pray for you in a moment as we close. I want to invite you to chat with me after the service so that I can encourage you to draw close to God even in the tough times. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you do care for us. You care for us in ways that we're even not aware of. Lord, you care for us in those uh, challenging and exciting times but you also care for us in the difficult and frustrating times. Lord, we pray that we won't rely on our own understanding, on our own ingenuity, on our own strategy, but we'll we'll come to you and ask you the questions that we might hear your answers and know without a doubt that you're watching over us every day. We thank you that through faith in Christ we can know you as our friend as well as our Father. And we pray that uh, for any people we have contact with who are struggling in life, there are many lonely people in our world, many lonely people in our community. May we have the opportunity to introduce them to you, Heavenly Father, that they might discover you who is caring for them, who will care for them and who wants them to come into your family. Father, we pray that this day we will be excited, we will have that abundant joy that Jesus promised because we are your children and a part of your family. Father, we ask that we might share that joy with people around about us and the hope that we have in Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.